Traffic and Weather Station. Welcome back to the Mike Farwell Show. Filling in for Mike Farwell, I'm Brandon Graziano. Appreciate you joining me this hour. Mike will be back on Monday. I'll be taking you through till Friday. So, a wealth tax. You've heard about this idea before. It's where basically you take the the one percenters, if you want to call them that, and you tax them a little bit extra. This was proposed, I believe, by uh, NDP MP Peter Julian, M43. Basically, they get taxed a little bit extra uh, when it comes to, uh, I guess, just because of their income, because they make over a certain amount. I think, I believe it's $20 million. Or for every $20 million they make, they get taxed a certain amount. We'll get the clarification uh, from my next guest, David Clement is North American Affairs Manager with uh, Manager, excuse me, with Consumer Choice Center. David, thank you so much for joining me this hour. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you very much for having me on the show. So, you say that Canada does not need a wealth tax. Why not? So, I argue that we do not need a wealth tax because the consequences of these taxes are so negative um, that they they're not justified once we actually look at how they've been implemented around the world. And I mean, I use Europe as a particular example because Europe was once a hotbed for wealth taxes. And uh, almost all of the countries in Europe uh, have repealed their wealth taxes, Ireland, Austria, Denmark, Germany, Luxembourg, Finland, Sweden, Iceland, and France, um, mostly because the externalities of the policy were too great. People were essentially just leaving the country or they were putting their assets into things that were harder to assess and the tax didn't actually generate the revenue that it was promised. And so uh, I argue that Canada doesn't need a need a wealth tax. And in my opinion, there are much better ways of addressing our spending and revenue issues. So essentially wealth taxes don't work in Europe. Yes, yes. That is the overwhelming conclusion um, for anyone who looks at the various countries who have experimented with the wealth tax and then, for the most part, all of the countries who've repealed it. So, uh, to my understanding, uh, the, the the one percenters, can we just call them the one percenters? Does that work sure. with you? All right. Yeah, so, is- to my understanding, the one percenters uh, account for about 18% of all tax revenue. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes. when I hear 18% and I think about the other 82%, I mm-hmm. kind of think that, like, like for, for some people, kind of hear that and they say, well, 82% of, you know, normal people are still paying uh, for for that much more in their taxes. Meanwhile, 18% is only uh, accounted for for the 1%. Uh, does that, does 18% seem like enough? Well, the thing is, is that it, the question of whether or not it's enough, I actually don't think is particularly useful because, we, I mean, we live in a global world. Um, France struggled with this question and said, well, is it is, is the amount that the 1% pays enough? And what happened was with their wealth tax is that people just left to jurisdictions that did not have um, wealth taxes. And even Macron, who is 
what I would I would say he's a relatively progressive um, progressive guy in terms of how he leads that country. Basically said that this tax was a disaster and it led to so much capital flight that they had to repeal it. And so you can think that the that the wealthy need to pay more. Um, I that, that's a reasonable position. Um, but even then, I'd argue that a wealth tax is not the solution. And in fact, if you wanted to have uh, a more equitable tax system, because that's your your end goal. Uh, there are easier ways, like reducing the amount of deductions that people can uh, people can write off on their taxes and simplifying the tax code. That would more or less have a similar effect, but wouldn't have all of the crazy distortions that a, that a wealth tax uh, has when it's implemented. David Clement is North American Affairs Manager with the Consumer Choice Center. We're talking about whether or not Canada needs a wealth tax. And you just mentioned uh, that essentially if Canada were to implement a wealth tax, it might just be exactly like what we see in France where Canada's wealthy might be leaving? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's a, that is certain. But one thing that is missing from that equation, which a lot of people don't realize, is that Canada is the third most attractive destination for migration for high net worth individuals. And so we actually attract more high net, let's say one percenters to come to Canada and bring their capital with them uh, a year than leave the country under under our current system. Is that a good thing? Uh, my answer to that is yes. I mean, I am unabashedly pro-immigration, whether it's people on the lower income bracket who are coming here for, for freedom and prosperity, or it's whether whether it's the 1% who are coming here and bringing their capital, industry, and expertise with them. And so uh, I, are, I, I would argue that that trend is a good thing. And so implementing a wealth tax doesn't just have the negative consequence of chasing away the one percenters who are already here. It has the negative consequence of dissuading folks who would otherwise look at Canada as a destination to move to um, and, and dissuades them from moving here, which is the current trends that we see. Uh, Canada's a, a fairly attractive uh, place to live for all sorts of reasons beyond tax policy, um, but we do see that these one percenters do particularly like to move to Canada, which ultimately benefits all of us because then they do pay our taxes here, they contribute to our economy, they hire people, they bring jobs and all of those other things that we especially post-COVID, are going to so desperately need. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question. I mean, what makes Canada like the third most? Is it because of the tax policy or the the way the tax system is kind of laid out for those who make that much money? Well, I think what it it probably largely comes down to is you have an incredible quality of life in Canada. Um, Some of that is built, built on the social safety system that we have. Some of it is built on our tax policy. Some of that is built on our culture. Uh, we have major metropolitan cities like Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, which are kind of hubs for industry. And we have a corporate tax system, which is relatively um, flexible and lenient and conducive to doing business, especially when you compare it to other uh, destinations around the world. And so that's part of the reason why Canada is so attractive, both for immigrants coming to Canada to kind of seek a better life for them. So uh, countries that don't have systems like us, and then for those high net in, high net worth individuals as well. So, should a uh, tax, uh, a wealth tax, be actually put into place tomorrow? What are the kind of like the timeline of scenarios that you would probably see? And some of them you you have mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, maybe others you haven't as well. Yeah. So, if we were to implement a wealth tax and 
people didn't these these one percenters didn't leave the country, um, which I would argue is is doubtful. What you would probably see, and this is what we've seen from Europe, is that uh, you have basically like a Oh, David, you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. So basically what oh, would sorry. happen is that you would yeah. have a... Uh, a withdrawal of these high net worth individuals from the stock market. And that impacts ordinary, everyday, middle class investors, people who have retirement savings, because it reduces the demand for stocks. And so what happens is these these one percenters move their money into illiquid assets, so things that are hard to assess, things that are hard to sell, uh, things that are very difficult for the CRA to actually estimate how much they're worth so that they can depress whatever the, the estimated value of their, their wealth is. And while that sounds like it wouldn't impact URI, if there is a decrease in the demand for stocks, you have a lowering of stock prices, if you have a TFSA, an RRSP, an employer pension, a savings account that's invested, that's going to impact you in, in terms of lower stock prices, and it's going to decrease the value of whatever your investments are, no matter how modest they are. And so there are externalities here that even if the policy were to work and these people didn't leave, there are alternatives for them in terms of where they put their money, and that impacts ordinary people like you and I. David Clement is North American Affairs Manager with Consumer Choice Center, and we're talking about as to whether or not there should be a wealth tax here in Canada. David says no, there shouldn't be a wealth tax here in Canada at all for various reasons. But I'm curious, David, has a wealth tax ever worked anywhere properly? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I would say it, are the, the, the examples um, that I've brought forward would suggest that the answer is no, or some jurisdictions have kept, kept their wealth tax but it's so low and with so many options to get out of it that it's largely ineffective. And so some, the, the few jurisdictions that do have it, um, they're largely symbolic. Um, they don't actually have any teeth. And then the jurisdictions that implemented wealth taxes that actually had teeth very quickly repealed um, those wealth taxes because the, the negative consequences were so high. And I think one thing that's important in this discussion is Prior to COVID, I would say our government definitely had a spending problem. During COVID, I think it's perfectly legitimate for the government to spend money to try and ensure that Canadians stay afloat. I mean, it's cliche to say, but we're in unprecedented times. Um, but another way we can look at this is, is spending versus revenue. There are all sorts of things the government can do post-COVID to increase the amount of money it has um, to to pay for social programs and things like that. I mean, one easy example is get out of corporate welfare. Stop spending $4 billion a year uh, trying to pick winners and losers and, and writing large checks to multinational uh, corporations. I don't think that that's an appropriate role of government. I know that people on the progressive side of politics very much agree with that. Um, so, yes, yeah, so let's save taxpayers $4 billion, $4 billion a year by not writing checks to Loblaws Corporation or Bombardier or other huge multinationals who, in many instances, seem to waste that money. Um, so there is another side of this equation. If we want to talk about the government's financial standing, there are ways to cut spending that are not, let's say, cutting expenditure on health care or cutting expenditure on schools. I don't think that's desirable for really anybody. Uh, but get, getting corporate welfare, is, getting rid of corporate welfare is pretty low-hanging fruit, in my opinion. So... 
What are the solutions then? I, I guess you just mentioned one right there to alleviate mm-hmm. Canada's debt. I mean, whether it be from COVID or whether it be from pre-COVID. And, yep. uh, but the wealth tax is definitely not one of them. Yeah, yeah, it certainly isn't. Uh, I mean, another example on what you could do is to simply, well, one, you could increase um, the GST. So you could increase consumption taxes. Uh, that's a proposal that is relatively straightforward and not that complicated. I don't particularly like that solution because I don't like the idea of having all of my everyday bills go up by, let's say, two, two percentage points. But that's a very straightforward way that is equally applied across the board. Um, you could do something which doesn't really sound intuitive to a lot of people, but simplify the tax code. So get rid of the deductions and, and the crazy mess that is our tax code. Uh, it costs us about $6.6 billion a year to pay the CRA in order to collect the taxes. Should tax collection cost us $6.6 billion a year? No. So there has to be a way to simplify that process so that it's more straightforward and it's less confusing. Um, and you could you could really... Uh, save a lot of money. On that side, if we wanted to be more aggressive, I mean, you could completely change our social social safety net system, get rid of things like uh, employment insurance and other uh, welfare supports in exchange for a universal basic income via negative income tax. That's going to reduce redundancies and and streamline the system. So, I mean, there are all sorts of innovative ways that the government can aggressively try and balance its books and, and limit its spending in the areas where it's being quite wasteful without touching the things that Canadians do not want reduced. Um, and, and I think that that's an important discussion that we have to have moving forward. And ultimately, that's why a wealth tax, while it may sound fashionable to say that the wealthy need to pay more and they don't pay enough, the end of the day is when you evaluate this policy and how it's been applied abroad, it doesn't generate the revenue that we want it to. And it comes with a whole list of of negative externalities that impact ordinary people. And so my argument is if if we want to talk about uh, the balance sheet of government, we want to talk about revenue and spending, there are other areas that are much easier for us to focus on where we could sort things out, whether it's a pre-COVID government, post-COVID government, uh, whatever that looks like. Um, there are certainly other alternatives on the table. But those alternatives that you mentioned there that you know, to aggressively spend uh, to alleviate the debt, I mean, is like like you said, I mean, one of the suggestions that you make, uh, you know, 2% increase or 2 percentage point increase anyway to, let's mm-hmm. just say, go to 7% uh, GST, uh, let's go with that, or or maybe one of the other ones that you mentioned. I mean, is that is that realistic? Well, I mean, I would say getting getting rid of corporate welfare is something that we could do overnight. Um, the guard, especially this recent government, but it's also true under the Harper government, was awful at writing essentially blank checks with, with no responsibilities to huge multinational corporations who didn't need them. Um, that, I think, is an easy solution. I mean, that's, that is $4 billion. Realistically, you could save almost right away. Um, that one's an easy one. Increasing consumption taxes like the GST or HST, that's a little more complicated. The reason why some people have said it's desirable is because it's easier to uh, to apply, and it applies across the board. So you just tick up rates, um, and it applies to all goods that are that have that tax applied to it. Um, I would certainly put that lower on my list of, of what we should do first. I mean, corporate welfare and the tax code are by far the easier solutions. Um, those are just that's just a matter of stop doing uh, or stop stop repeating silly policies. 
Um, so I would certainly put those two at the top of the list in terms of balancing the books. Um, I'd argue that we should probably do those two things first and then reevaluate and see where we're at in terms of where we could increase taxation if that was required. David, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is David Clement, the North American Affairs Manager of Consumer Choice Center, uh, in talking about as to whether or not we should be having a wealth tax. I want to ask you as to whether we should be taxing the 1% a little bit more than they do right now. 1-800-570-5715-519-570-2545 or star 570 from your phones. Whether or not we should incorporate a wealth tax into our taxation system. So the one percenters, we can call them the one percenters anyway, they get taxed a little bit more than the rest of us because of their wealth. David says, no, I want to know what you think. 1-800-570-5715-519-570-2545, star 570 from your phones. It's Brandon Graziano in on the Mike Farwell Show on 570 News and Rogers TV.